Jamie is a local insurance professional who focuses on risk management and protection and hosts her own show on Business Radio X Network titled Connecting Tucson with Jamie. So thank you from Impact of Southern Arizona and the Morana Chamber, Jamie, and welcome. Thank you for having me on, Mark. You know, you've been doing such a wonderful job with your show. I I thought you wouldn't mind if you shared with us why do you think you've been so successful as a host, not only as a relatively new independent farmer's agent, a couple of years now, but it's not 20 years, so you're still new, but very successful. What What are the two things there that are making you as successful as you are? I think the first thing is, A, Mark, I followed your advice and I'm following that to the letter. And I do think that... Having such a structured program and knowing what it is that I'm trying to get from the people that come on my show is important. But I also think that from that structure, there comes to the point that I am actually targeting specific businesses here and trying to help them. They see that I'm trying to help them get the word out about them here locally. And that's huge. All of our local businesses and our business partners and our nonprofits, they need the advertising and the publicity just as much as I do. And it gets them to know me a little bit if they haven't met me before. And then they usually become my clients when they, once they get to know me. So it's kind of a win-win. So not only do I get to help promote them, but then I also get to help insure them. And many times I, I often help find them better coverage for a better price or just better coverage. Or sometimes I've found out that they're overinsured and walked them through the process and helped educate them on, you know, why, why their insurance is the way it is. I think that's probably the two big things. That's amazing. Let's talk a little bit about Jamie Overturf. Let's find out about you. Where did you grow up and where did you, you know, get your first look at the world? Um, My first look at the world was in Illinois, but I grew up, um, I traveled quite a bit. My father held many different positions. I moved all over the East Coast from Illinois to Wisconsin to um, Maine, South Carolina, Pennsylvania, uh, Missouri, and then obviously now Arizona, but I've traveled the world quite well, traveled the country quite a bit. Yeah. Usually, you know, you put all of that with a, with an army brat or something, don't you? Or a military <laughs> brat, I should say. But, Not uh, a military, but yes. <laughs> uh, what was, you know, you love at school. I mean, did Jamie, did you enjoy that? Was there a sport that took over your life perhaps at school or were you a book hound and a bit of a studier? I would actually say both. I was actually an honor student and I did a lot of sports. I did softball, track, um, dancing, cheerleading that kept me busy as far as physically, but scholastically, I'd say that I also was an honor student. I was taking, I I knew I wanted to be something in my life and I knew good grades and study habits were going to need that. So Hmm. both. Good on you. What was your first job um, when you left school? (laughs) Well, I actually, um, while I was in high school, um, I was a crew member of McDonald's. Um, I was there for almost two years from my junior year and my senior year. That's where I worked. And then I worked all the way through college as well. Wow. You know, you hear a lot of stories about good old Maccas. They're like a <laughs> constitution in America in reference to kids working, aren't they, when they come out of yeah. school? They teach great work habits. Yeah. So. Good work habits, discipline. Mm-hmm. Yeah, good on you. That was a good start. So what happened after that chapter? Where did you go on to from there? Oh, well, after school, um, for some reason, I decided to not really use my degrees. And I started in the restaurant industry. 
um, working for many, many different restaurants. Um, did that for almost 10 years. And then I went into Coca-Cola and was there for almost 10 years as well. Mm. And then finally I decided why I work for someone else. I'm working so hard. Let's just go ahead and put that into working for myself and build my own business and my own success. So Okay, well, we'll get on to like that. But what yeah. amazes me is you're one of many that seems to do all that hard study at university or get those <laughs> degrees, whatever, and then you can turn around the corner and you go do something else. I know, I know. It, I think it was just young nerves, thinking that I couldn't do it, wasn't really thinking that I could or had the ability to or the confidence. And I think that really does come with age, just because I think when you graduate, you you have a degree doesn't mean that you are ready for it, mm-hmm. or you don't feel confident for it. And I think that's what a lot of our young youth is going through right now. Before deciding to go out on your own as an independent farmer's mm-hmm. insurance agent, you were with one of the biggest icons of all time, Coca-Cola. What were you doing with them? Uh, well, I started off as being a district manager for sales and ended up becoming an account executive. Basically what I did and I started off, I, I helped the people who were in sales. Um, they would go out to restaurants and other locations, which we call on-premise, when you consume a product on-premise, mm-hmm. and help them get in or penetrate the market. So restaurants, um, think of Office Max, Office Depot, retail stores, those types of things. Um, from there, I graduated to becoming um, a successful account executive where I focused on large clients such as the Phoenix Suns, the Phoenix Cardinals, Um NIPR, National Raceway, uh, Phoenix International Raceway. You really got the Um, the sporting side of things, didn't you? I did. I did got the sporting sides of things, Um, just the large accounts and and going from there and helped them with their marketing and helped them with – that's actually where I first time started using my degrees, helped do the marketing, get those proposals done, and really just kind of strategically place things throughout the year with all of those large clients. And I think that's what got me confident enough to actually move in and do my own business. Well, what would you say was the best experience or life lesson, if you like, that you think that you learned from the Coca-Cola organization? Oh, I actually learned a lot from them. They are a great company, especially if you're trying to learn. I would say, you know, just building my confidence and they teach you. They teach you how to do the marketing. They teach you how to talk to those high-end clients and they they walk you through that step process on what that would look like. So as going into my own business, I kind of had a really good look on what that would look like as far as my marketing, how Mm. I would go approach new clients and how I would get new clients and just that strategic thinking on, I need to have a plan for the whole year. They helped me do a one year plan. So my stuff is already planned out for the full year through December and in October and uh, August September, I'm sorry, October, I actually started doing my year plan for the following year. And I have everything planned out from, you Mm. know, how much I'm going to spend, if I'm going to hire anybody, what I'm going to be doing. And then that does help me budget. So I stay on budget and on task to keep what I'm doing moving forward. My word. Well, that's good training. That is. Did you... Did you look at various options, Jamie, when you were considering working for yourself? I did. I mean, I was considering everything from becoming a property inspector to restaurant ownership because I I do a lot of cooking on my behalf. Yeah, and you'd spent, um, what, 10 years in that game as well, so... I did, yes. Um, Ultimately, um, 
I met up with one of the district recruiters for a couple of insurance agencies. I'd done insurance in the past when I was in um, a previous role when I was working a couple of jobs, and I really did like it. Um, and it just, their platform and their training ultimately led me down this path. Mm. So well, I was going to ask you, how did farmers, well, out of their way of life, get introduced to you? Was it um, through an ad or coincidental, somebody you knew? Actually, um, it was coincidental. I had put my resume out there when I was trying to figure out I needed to, to work for myself, and they called. They, I went to basically a half-a-day seminar. They talked about the different types of platforms for entering into farmers because they actually had where you could do a start from scratch. You can purchase an agency. You can mm-hmm. do where they give you an agency and take reduced commissions. They had all of these different types of platforms for an agent to come on and go mm-hmm. through the farmer's training and still make some money. Um, and the whole time, they, they flew you out to California to train you. They had agency, what they called um, trainers um, and supervisors that would come through on a monthly basis just to see where you're going and walk you through like your diagrams, making sure you're on track, just give you advice. I think ultimately their platform is what led me to choose farmers particularly. Their training, their experience, their backup it was just wonderful. So once you experienced all of that, was it that that made you think you would be able to, you know, carve out a career for yourself being an independent insurance broker with them? Uh, Absolutely. Knowing that I had somebody to back me up and if I needed help and had questions that needed to be answered. Yes. Knowing that they were in my corner and I could call somebody even at 10 or 10.30 at night, and somebody would answer the phone. That's, oh, that's how good, my yeah. first year, I mean, I, I literally had these late night and early morning phone calls because you're sitting there trying to dig in and make a name for yourself, and you have to hit the ground running. You can't just be dormant. Mm-hmm. Um, and people were there to answer and help and be supportive. So how does one go about starting or setting up in the farmer's insurance world? Well, first, if you know somebody, it's really um, quite easy. You can talk to any agent, and then from there, that agent can direct you to one of a couple of district managers here in Arizona. Um, the hierarchy is is the district manager supports the agents. We are independent, um, but there is many different platforms depending on you and your abilities. So if you want to start from scratch, they have a platform there, and they walk you through that. If you want to purchase an agency, because many agents are retiring, Um there is an option to have a book of business come directly to you and have a soft handoff from an agent who's being, you know, retired or no mm-hmm. longer wants to be in the game. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, they don't so sort of last forever, that. do they? I mean, the human. No, they don't. <laughs> yeah. And some people don't machines. have uh, a successor plan. You know, maybe their children don't want to be insurance. Like my son does not want to do insurance. He's already made that and clear. He says it's just too difficult. Mm-hmm. Um, so there's got to be a, a successor plan. So a lot of that time, a lot of those times, the agents that are retiring, they look to the district to help them get somebody in to succeed them. Um, so that way their clients are not left in the dark, not having an agent. Um, so a lot of that is, hey, just ask the question. Go to an agent and be like, do you have any openings? How can I get into this? And there's also what's called the protege program. So if you're not yet will- knowing if that's going to be something you want to do, you can pair up with an agent who trains you for up to a year. And that agent and farmers pays the dime. Mm. 
by that year, if you if you still want to be in this program, and usually that's what I tell people to do is try it out before you actually jump in full in because uh-huh. it's not for everybody. It is difficult. Yeah. Um, well, it's like a lot a of lot things, things, Jamie. It's people really think, you know, wow, this this is for me. This is it. I found it. Yeah, yeah. But often down the track, you know, different things are not for everybody, exactly. and, and it takes time to sort it out. We're, uh, we're talking with Jamie Overturf, um, a farmer's agent extraordinaire. And uh, she was one of the sponsors on The Fabulous. And this is a thank you show from Impact of Southern Arizona uh, for uh, sponsorship of the directory in association with the Miranda Chamber and Tucson Business Radio X with fundraising for Impact. Now, what type of services or products do you offer, Jamie? You've got to give us a good plug here. <laughs> so I do everything when I say I'm a one-stop shop insurance agency. I do everything from home, auto, life, umbrella. I do everything for those are the personal line side of it. Mm-hmm. Then I have the commercial or what we call the business side where I do the business policies. I do the workman's comp compensations policies. I do business umbrellas. I do professional liability for anybody who's a professional from hairdressers to lawyers to engineers who need what's called errors and emission policies. I also do, uh, on on a different note, Medicare as well as financial advising. So it's pretty much if you come into my agency, I can help you with pretty all of your insurance needs that are there. The only thing I do not do is just independent healthcare. That is the only thing that I don't do, but I have people that I work with Hmm. um, that I can refer them to and make sure that they're taken care of. Well, it amazes me how you can learn all that stuff. So much knowledge that uh, you've got to be a competent agent that you are. Um, You know, I know some of your clients and uh, they speak so highly of you and how you look after them and nothing's ever too hard to put yourself out for them and so on. But how do you learn all this product knowledge? It, does it just a bit at a time or, you know, do you learn it all in the beginning or what? You learn the basis at the very beginning. In order to become an agent, you have to have certain licenses. You have to have what's called a PNC and a life and health license. So personal and commercial lines as well as life and health. You have to be licensed in order to sell insurance. And those are the first two licenses that you get. To keep those licenses, you have to do continuing education. And every year you have to do this to keep up on any new events, any new things that are coming out, any new changes for both the professional lines of insurance that we have, plus the life and health. Mm -hmm. Um, And as far as the financial, not everybody has that, but you do also have to do a base and get trained and get your series licenses for what you plan on doing for financial services. And then there's training again on the Medicare side. So I didn't do it all at once. I started off by having my PNC in life and health, and then I moved into the financial and then I moved into the Medicare. But there is consistent and constant training throughout Mm -hmm. for every single one of those sectors to make sure I'm staying apprised and current and what any changes are there well there are changes all the time are are there any specific ones that um, you know you do more business in than the others or there's more requests from the public than the others The most requests that I actually get from my agency is commercial insurance because I am one of the few um, agents that 
have about 50% of my book being commercial insurance. A lot of agents are intimidated by commercial and they don't understand the questions that need to be asked or potentially what a restaurant could go through. Maybe they don't understand what shrink is or turnover or what they may need. So they're not asking the correct questions, which in turn then makes that current client not be insured properly. I myself have been in all of those industries, so I know what they go through on a yearly basis. So I understand it very well because I lived it from the restaurant industry Mm. to the Coca-Cola industry. So I know what they're looking for. I've been a business owner and I've been doing that with my other companies and moving that and transitioning that to the insurance. I have a lot of agents that move it, you know, call me and say, Hey, I have a commercial client. I don't feel comfortable doing that. Can you do that? And I do that and I don't take the personal lines. So basically they're staying with someone and they know that they're not going to have somebody that's going to, you know, snake out that personal line as well, because I have a good relationship with those agents. Well, I was going to ask you, what would you say is unique about your business? But I think perhaps there you may have touched on some of it. (laughs) A little bit. Yeah. The one thing I'd say that's unique is I meet with every single one of my clients. Um, I will never just pick up a phone and um, I guess go from there and take it online only. I like to meet with my clients because every person has different Mm -hmm. and unique needs with regards to their insurance or financial matters. Some people may need more coverage than the others. Some people may not want all of the coverages Mm -hmm. that Mm -hmm. other people has. So it's getting to know them, reaching out and explaining their options. And once somebody is informed and knows their options, they can make a decision that is best for them. Well, that makes sense. But you just touched on something, and then now, you know, let's face it, we're going through a hell of a time. Has the pandemic changed your business modus operandum, Jamie? Yes. Um, with regards to me being able to meet with people, I yeah, think I was that getting that along those lines. Mm. Um, so I have transitioned a little bit more to online. I do have, um, I don't do Zoom. Per, I do something called GoToMeeting. It's a little bit different. It's like Zoom, mm-hmm. um, but I can then send those links to my clients and they don't have to download that app. They right. can then come on and just do, and if they want to see me face-to-face, they can do that. I will say a lot of my business can be done over the phone mm-hmm. or through the mail, which people are now appreciating, but I myself and more of that, I want to get to know you. I want to meet you. I want right, to you know, right, do yeah. that. So well, what do you do? You just wear a mask like anybody else and 10 feet away type thing. <laughs> exactly. So <laughs> how, how do they sign the documents <laughs> and you give them a long well, chain on a pen or something? Or what? <laughs> no, yeah, no. Like we do DocuSign now too. We didn't used to have that. And that's oh, actually right. the process that the insurance industry has done. It used to have a wet signature. Now they're saying, okay, we can do DocuSign because of this. So it's rapidly changing to adjust to what our clients need Mm -hmm. because many clients don't want me coming into their home. They don't know where I've been. They don't know know, what's going on. And I honestly Mm. don't know where they've been. So I don't know. I don't want to put myself at risk and I don't want to put them at risk, but there are some people that'll say, yes, I want to meet you out at a restaurant. Okay. Mm -hmm. I'll do that, but I'm still going to wear a mask and I'm going to make sure I have hand sanitizer and I'm going to make sure anything that they get is going to be sanitized. Mm -hmm. Um, so not touched by me and like, I'll have the plastic wrap on it. They can take it off and they get to keep the pen. So (laughs) that's kind of where I'm at. (laughs) What would you say? Um, Yeah, that's fair enough. What's the most common misconception, do you think, about your industry and your business? Oh, when someone calls me and tells me that they want, they've currently got full coverage 
on their policy for autos or home, um, and they want the same. They want full coverage. Uh, what I tell them is full coverage for one person is different than full coverage from another person. So full coverage for me might be not only liability, but medical payments, accidental death and dismemberment, mm-hmm. um, deductibles for my auto and for like comprehensive and collision. It might also include towing. It might include rental reimbursement and it might include accident forgiveness. There's yeah. so many different things that can be added on to considered full coverage, but the majority of people are just like, nope, liability and deductibles. They consider that full coverage. So that's the biggest misconception that I'd have is people always call me and say, nope, I have full coverage. And I'm like, well, let me explain. Mm-hmm. Full coverage to me might be something different than full coverage means for you. Here's what it is for me. Walk me through what you would like to add on. And then we will customize that coverage and give you the custom coverage that you need. So there you so go. There's a That's lot more to it than meets the eye. You know, yeah, exactly. people just expect the same name. What do you attribute your success to, do you think? Honestly, I would say my staff is probably one of the biggest reasons that I am where I'm at. Um, Brittany has been with me from day one and she is my right hand. And I don't think I could actually run this business without her. She feels so much of what's going on and, you know, doing things that I can't get to because I'm out doing commercial. She handles a lot of my personal lines. Right. She it, is my personal lines. It's person. too much for one person then, right? It is. To, to and be you need a- to have good staff. Right. And and you have a couple, do you? I do. I have yeah. a couple. I have Kit. I have mm-hmm. uh, Brittany. And I do have a couple others who, you know, family members who help out, especially with some marketing and some what we call adverts that get sent out, those mm-hmm. types of things. Mm-hmm. Let me ask you this then. If there has been, what has been your biggest failure, do you think? Um, I don't really know if I've had a failure. I've had some setbacks with regards to All right. Um, when I first opened the business, I didn't understand the whole logistics of being taxed as a business. So <laughs> <laughs> I think that was my biggest like hurdle the first year that I was shocked about how much business owners pay in taxes. Mm, and I had much. kind of been prepared for, oh yeah, it is quite a bit. Well, it was the first year. It was over 40% taxed. Um, but at this point, Um, I've adjusted to that. I think when you go into a business and you haven't had a business, you're not really sure on how or what you need to do for the state. So I think that was my biggest thing is Mm. that that was my learning curve. But since then, I've adjusted it. Yeah. Well, you know what? It wasn't a failure. It was just a bit of a hurdle to get over, wasn't it? Yes, exactly. So if you had one piece of advice to someone starting out right now, what would that be? Um, for any business, do your research, go to somebody that is in that field or in that line of business and pick their brain. Um, if there is a platform within that company or within that line of business that you can maybe shadow somebody for a few months to actually see it, take that opportunity. So, you know, it's something you really want to do before jumping wholeheartedly into something that you may not be compatible for or love. I love what I do. I love helping people. I don't consider it a job. Um, so I think that would be my first my first thing is do your research, really talk to someone who's in that industry and has the knowledge, and don't be afraid to ask the questions. All right. In closing, let me ask you this, Jamie Overturf. What right now can you offer the listeners? 
Well, what I can offer my listeners is as an insurance agent, I obviously can't say I'm going to give you like a month free for your insurance (laughs) policy. I wish I could. I really do wish I could. But I can say if you have questions about insurance, give me a call. Let me be the person who will help educate you on your insurance. It takes 15 minutes. You may be overinsured, you may be underinsured, or maybe you don't understand what that Mm. endorsement is on your policy. Even if it's not with me, reach out to me. I am in the business of educating people so they know what they have and how that insurance policy will work for them. I promise to, I don't do hard sales. Like I said, I will educate. Mm -hmm. I'm not going to press for a sale, but an educated person makes educated decisions mm-hmm. and the best decisions for them. And I think that's what we all need. And I don't think everybody here is an insurance expert, except for maybe myself, mm-hmm. at which point. Well, I sure am. That's for sure. When you say overinsured, I, <laughs> I think to myself, how can one be overinsured? You know, I mean. Uh, well, exactly. I've had some homes that um, actually should only be insured for maybe $250,000 and they're mm-hmm. insured for almost $600,000. Oh, okay. I see what you mean that way. Yeah. Exactly. What about um, the so pandemic now though? What about, mm-hmm. is there anything you can zero in on that people should be doing or know about or need to know about that you can help them out now? You know, even just with a phone call during this horrible time we're going through. Oh my goodness. It is horrible, isn't it? As far as insurance wise, I would It would be talking to your insurance company. A lot of the companies themselves are doing specific things to help people who have been adversely affected, whether or not you're in a business or it's personally affected. They're waiving fees. They're holding on to premiums or doing something. Talk to your clients. As for me, Mm -hmm. if you want to give me a call, I know that there's a lot of businesses that are also out there that are in the, that are my clients that are willing to help people who have been affected and that is from giving gift cards or to let's just say it's TEP or Cox communications. They have put into um, some type of program where if you've been adversely affected that they will do a reduction in premiums or something of that nature for their a few months. Mm -hmm. And I have all of those down. If you had a PPP loan and you're a business owner and you're not sure how to get that loan forgiven, reach out to me. I'll be happy to walk you through what you need to do and how that form gets filled out so you can get that loan forgiven. Um, And you don't have to worry about, am I putting the wrong information on here? So maybe it doesn't, you know, it gets pushed off to the side. It's very particular. So those are the things that I would say, if you have questions, give me a call. Um, That's what I'm here to help for. All right. Now let's talk about that. Contacting Jamie Overturf. I know there's facebook.com, Jamie Mm -hmm. Overturf Insurance. Uh, Do you have a website? Mm -hmm. Um, I do. It's, um, it is actually that website. It's the HTTP www.farmersagent.com forward slash J Overturf. If you just type in Jamie Overturf Farmers, mm-hmm. my website will automatically pop right up for you. All right. And what about a phone number? My phone number is 520-293-2900. And you can feel free to give us a call at any time. Um, my staff is here to answer any questions as well. Fabulous. Well, I'm I'm glad you're going to be back on air soon with uh, another yeah. show in your podcast. I think it's next week. Uh, yes, do it you is. want to talk about who you've got coming on? 
Well, right now we've got the um, Red Cross and the Greater Tucson Fire Department um, firefighters coming on to talk about the wildfires and how that's been affected um, and affecting our areas. Man, which, were they big, again, huh? Yeah. They were very what. big, and we just had lightning hit some, some uh, of the southern mountains uh, yesterday with all of the big windstorms and the lightning that came through. So another fire has yet started. So hopefully they can get that one under control as well. Wow. Thank you, Jamie Overturf, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, as I said, uh, local insurance professional extraordinaire and uh, of course farmers i still love their ads (laughs) (laughs) because you've seen a thing or two (laughs) yeah there you go thanks jamie nice speaking with you and thanks again for being a sponsor Uh, a thank you from impact of southern arizona to all the sponsors uh, that we're interviewing on this special and there you heard from jamie overturf see you again bye-bye And this is another show coming out of the Thank You From Impact series that we've been doing of the sponsors of the directory that uh, was a joint promotion between Marana Chamber of Commerce and Tucson Business Radio X. And we're very grateful to all of the sponsors uh, that uh, participated because funds from that particular campaign are going to and have gone to, by the time you've heard this probably, to uh, Impact of Southern Arizona and their food bank. And one of the sponsors was a gentleman by the name of Ron Petrie. G'day, mate. How are you doing, sir? Nice time to see you again. It's been a little while. Ron used to sponsor uh, a particular segment when I was at KVOI.com, and it was called Mr. Handyman. That was fun. Yeah, I had a good time doing that. <laughs> that was a lot of fun. He used to get all sorts of calls from people. It's amazing what people need done around their it home. sure is. <laughs> hey, it's unbelievable. Well, uh, ladies and gentlemen, there are a few businesses out there that promote their services, being handymen, builders, all sorts of specialists, should you need one for your home. But let's face it, there's plenty of not-so-scrupulous ones, too, that are very quick to take your money. And you hear all about them all the time, you know, the rip-offs, the this, the that. They do a, a job, and all you care about is saying, oh, look, I'd like that fixed up a little. I think I'll give them a call and, and see if they'll come and do it. And all of a sudden, the phone doesn't ring, or it's off the hook, or they're not taking calls, or whatever. Not this one, folks, I can assure you. His name is Ron Petrie. He's locally owned and operated company. He's been, well, he can boast over 20 years now of Tucson industry experience. So why should I use your company, Ron, when it all boils down? Well, integrity, integrity and honesty, and the quality of work that we do for the price that we charge. Well, uh, you're telling me that you're a little less than other people? How can, Absolutely. Uh, how do you do that? I mean, let's be honest about it. How can you afford it? You've well, got well, people you pay. What I don't do is I, I've never mark up materials. Everyone tells me I should. My accountant tells me I should. That's one of my key factors to, to my clients. I do not mark up materials. Whatever I pay, they pay. Also, beyond that, any savings I can get them, such as paint. I get really good deals on Dunedin's paint. Sharon Williams, stuff like that. I always mm-hmm. pass that savings on to my clients, which is another way they save. Well, that's very good. So that was the first thing. And then the other thing that you mentioned, there were a couple of areas there that you that you uh, use Sparkle on that you do for people. Uh, well, what's the other? We have, we're a pretty well-rounded company. Um, if we have to, if you have to call a forte, we're very good painters. But there's not much my company doesn't do, and we do it well. And anything that we can't handle, I sub out to qualified people. 
I make sure anything that's done is done licensed and, and legal mm-hmm. and, uh, and done correctly to code. Well, they're representing you, aren't they? Absolutely. In a case like that. Sure they are. So you're man enough to say, look, I can't do that job. You bet. If necessary. If, if there's something I can't handle, you'll be the first to know. Well, that's that's smart because there are some that say, oh, no, 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 not a no, problem. No. I can do this. I can I, do that. I, I don't do that and I won't do that. <laughs> so Rod Petrie, ladies and gentlemen, he values honesty and integrity. And his answer is in all aspects of our business. So he offers a variety of home improvement services that are customizable to each and every individual project. I guess some jobs might be the same, Ron, but no two homes are the same. No, right? uh, no two situation is the same. I mean, even though we're doing drywall next door and we're doing drywall over at your place, it's still a different situation. Different people, the, the ambience of it, everything about it, is individual and uh, that's the nice thing about uh, the client base that I have um, they're real comfortable with knowing they can trust us mm-hmm. they don't have to worry about us and they know the quality of work they're gonna get for what they what they're gonna spend well when you say that like um, that no job is too big and, and no job is too small uh, do you ever get flack from, from your customers or clients, you know, saying, well, it sort of makes you sound a bit wrong, like a jack of all trades and you'll do anything. That's not really the angle for it, is it? No, not, not at all. Again, if, if it's not something that I can do as well as it can be done, then I won't do it. And, uh, if, if it's something that I can't handle within my scope or my guys can't handle, I will sub out the proper people to do so. I have a real good contract contractor base of qualified mm-hmm. individuals that do a lot of work for me. I a good network. Off. Absolutely. Electri- uh, uh, electricians, uh, HVAC people, right. stuff like that. Well, that's been built over 20 years too. Oh, yeah, absolutely. You know, these aren't fly-by-nights, are they? No, they're not. These are people I've known in this industry for many years. Now, your own people, I mean, you do something pretty special. Um, I mean, you're very fastidious on who you do hire. Sure. Okay, but you do you do help uh, at the same time. You help people that perhaps some others may not give them a chance, and yet they're very qualified and they're good tradespeople. Absolutely. I, I, I deal with a lot of people in recovery, have for a long time, and uh, it's, a, it's a, a big part of my life, mm-hmm. and I like helping, helping people that, uh, that need help. Well, from a business standpoint, I mean, I guess some would say, yeah, Ron, that's, you know, very big hearted of you and all the rest of it. But uh, boy, it's a bit of a risk, isn't it? It is. It is. And and, and I've taken that risk and uh, I, I've I don't have any regrets, but, you know, there's been some bad times, but most of it's been very good. I, I, if I if I had to put it in a, a perspective of of the quality of, of that application it's been very very good very rewarding for everybody and uh the majority of the people i deal with the clients we're speaking of people that need a second chance um mm-hmm. take that chance and run with it very nicely it's worked out very well so far and it's interesting too because from what i can ascertain and i've met some of these guys in different jobs and they're the terrific bunch of fellas they come from a background of many trades sure you know, uh, life changes for everybody. They may have, look, you think of a million, they could be divorced, it could be a death in the family, they could have lost a baby at birth, whatever sent them off down another track, right, to, to whatever. But their careers and their businesses before then, okay, is where they were doing well. And now you get the benefit of that because Absolutely. you need multi. Are they multi-skilled in a lot of cases? They, not, uh, some of them are, and... Uh, by the time six months goes by, 
they will be very well rounded. Um, hmm. <laughs> I'm, I'm a good teacher, right? And, and I and I like to be taught myself also. So right. I'm not I'm I'm the I'm the, the boss that says, hey, if you got a better idea, my ears are wide open. My way isn't always the right way. All right. I always trying to find the most efficient and best way to get something done. Well, your mission's pretty simple. Uh, you want to become your uh, listeners' first resource for home repairs. Uh, renovation projects and preventive maintenance let's take those individually let's talk about home repairs what are the most common ones uh, one of the most common ones is roof coating okay we live in the desert of course as mm-hmm. we know it's very hot out there um no kidding <laughs> <laughs> if you don't maintain your roof um you know with, with human beings it starts from the feet and works its way up with with houses it's the roof and works its way down. works its way down so um you got to make sure you have a sound roof we do a lot of roof coating, a lot of roof repair, but I've, I've done a lot of, of, of complete roofs a lot, but I won't do complete roofs. I will send them out to a qualified mm-hmm. expert that does nothing but roofing. And the reason I do that is because I want to make sure that it's a sound company that does nothing but that, and they get a good warranty that comes with it. I specialize in that. Exactly. Does it make a difference whether it's a flat roof or, you know, gable-style roofs? Oh, yeah, or? of course it does. It just depends on the degree of pitch and what you can do with it. you got to have a minimum 12-degree pitch to put shingles on it. Right. So built-up roofs, which you just said flat roof, they're called built-up roofs. Um, mm-hmm. You know, they have a tendency to have a lot more problems because, you know, they're, if they're flat and you have pooling areas and mm-hmm. if things aren't done right, they, they tend to pool up and start to leak. So, right. it's, you know, you got to be well, very... So why were a lot of houses, do you think, in the desert environment built with flat roofs? I, I think it's just the, the style, the kind of like um, um, old Santa Fe Adobe type mm-hmm. stuff. That's, the era that they were building, right. And that's way back in the beginning, that's kind of where everything started with mm-hmm. old style Santa Fe Adobe. And, uh, you know, you see a lot of that. In, yeah, in built up roof, and that's why so many have turrets on too. I Absolutely. guess because the rain's got to escape somewhere, right? That's right. Water, when it does rain, water. Hey, water <laughs> takes the path of least resistance. So. Right, <laughs> right. Okay, so interesting. Roofs are the biggest in home repairs. Ah, okay. What about um, what about renovation? Um, we do a lot of renovation. A lot of people these days are taking out walls. They're opening rooms up. They're um, they're 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 expanding things. They're making right. making making you know three rooms look like one big one. You see a lot of pony walls, half walls taken out. Okay. So, so you can open up the area. You see, you're seeing a lot of that these days. Um, open and fly, up and flow. Um, I know that people. Well, you know, when when you get more mature, you tend to want to downsize. Sure. So a lot of people are leaving bigger homes and going into a, into. Um, you know, condominiums or, or smaller places. True. But who would this market be then? What age group and so on who want to open up these walls? Um, are they walls, I mean, are they families with young kids? or To answer that question, if I had to put it on an average uh, a scale, I would say probably mid to latter 30s to, to mid 40s. Mm, interesting. And and I see I see quite a bit of elder, but... That that uh, that age range seems to be uh, pretty prominent, right? And what walls tend to come out first if if they're doing usually that? Um, living room kitchen, dining room. All kitchen. right, right. Well, I like that idea. I've always liked the idea of you know the kitchen being open sure, per se, sure. 
and it's good for the wife too. She doesn't have to be locked away in the kitchen <laughs> exactly somewhere. Right. Or the fella, I'm not being sexist, if he's cooking, whatever. But you could still chat to the people sure. in the lounge room and yeah, watch the news. And it brings beautiful ambience. It, yeah. It, it, I've yeah. seen some... I've got some some uh, some of the jobs we've done just turn out beautiful. It just it mm-hmm. op- the open flow of everything. It just looks so much different and so much better, in my opinion. Right, it makes right. the house look bigger. It just it does a lot of lot of attribute to it. So, do you show these photographs to potential clients if they uh, call you and they want sure. to want I've got to do a something? Nice portfolio, absolutely. Oh, very good, very good. So, renovation. Okay, walls out. What else do you get? I mean, uh, is there still verandas these days? We, we being a handyman service, it's you know a lot of people ask me, well. What did you do today? It's got, every day is different. <laughs> <laughs> what did you do today? I'll give you an example. Well, yesterday. I pulled a house to pieces. Yesterday. What did you do, honey? <laughs> Started off by removing a down tree that the, that, that microburst we had a couple nights ago. Okay. okay. All right. Well, we've dated this podcast now, by so you way, have a bit of an idea. I'm an arborist, too. I do I do a lot of a lot of the chainsaw work. All right. A lot of stuff like so, that. So the job starts off with a tree. Me, Chopping up a tree, right? Taking that down from there, went over and installed two windows. <laughs> the which the tree affected, right? <laughs> no, it's a completely different place. Oh, oh, okay. I thought it was the same house there, but then and they stepped up. <laughs> I, I do. A lo- we do a lot of work with property management companies. Okay, and uh, All right. we do. A, uh, I in my in my my daily routine, I would say twenty five to thirty. My twenty five to forty percent of it is through property management people. Okay. So I've got a list each day of particular um, jobs that have to be done mm-hmm. for these particular clients. Um, right. Everything from, of course, summertime, you're talking coolers, 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 everything's oh, yeah. yeah, A lot of that, mm-hmm. a lot of roofs, um, just a lot of a lot of maintenance stuff. And are these a lot of people who are out-of-towners? No, they're usually... Middle class people, uh, local local people, local people with uh, with homes. Yeah, most of them are, are. I wouldn't say are younger, but um, oh, they could be renting. Because I'm trying to get when you say. I'd say the majority of management people are are renters. Okay, doing, okay. I don't think we're dealing with too many owners. It's right. mostly renters. I just would have thought maybe that uh, you know if there was trouble for property owners who live in other states, they're not here, but their um, their property is being managed by you know the people that you work for uh do they go they must go out and check after a storm or it's something it's ironic to you see. mention that because i have a handful of clients right now that i do the, that exact thing right they're snowbirds and they okay. they do the snowbird routine and mm-hmm. while they're out of town i maintain their properties okay know, so I, well, that's a good thing yeah that's absolutely why you do that as well so renovation projects can vary what about preventative maintenance that's that's a big key. Preventive maintenance is a long list of stuff to do. Again, getting back to one of the number one things is making sure that your roof coating is proper, making sure it's maintained properly, because the average on, on a on a built up flat roof, as we were talking, is two to three years. You want to go up there, pressure wash, put another couple coats on there, do any patching, any sealing, because Arizona weather, as we know, Arizona is three it's places harsh. in the world. Where mm-hmm. they're the most UVs. One of them's in Africa, one of them's in Australia, <laughs> and the other is <laughs> Southwest United States. Right, right here. So, Good old Tucson, honey. Yeah. Uh, Listen, how often do you recommend? I mean, this is a bone of contention. People, you know, some say five years, some say three. Let's start with the roof on a house. What should one be doing over what period of time to keep that uh, roof, you know, in really good nick? 
looking after your home. Okay, so let's 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 answer that question dealing with built up elastomeric rolled roofs as we've been talking. Again, you want to go up there and make sure that you've got no pitting, no areas that have obviously exposed or or are getting thin or flaking or you see any type of mm-hmm. if it doesn't have a, a, um um, some movement to it in relation to being like like rubbery, you know, some flexibility right, to it. It right. gets brittle and hard and starts breaking. Then you know it's time to maintain it. Now, we're talking about the coating. Yes, sir. That is on a roof. That's right. Okay. When does it get like that? If it's just been put on, are we talking three years? You should get, if, if a roof's done properly on a brand new roof, brand new home, you should get five years out of that roof before you have to do anything major. But... Every two to three years, every every other year, I recommend you mm-hmm. go up. I have someone go up and take a good look at your uh, at your roof mm-hmm. and make sure you're not having any obvious uh, breakdown problems. And does that include a bit of a wash? Yes, yes, absolutely. And does that really help protect the roof a bit? By far, because if you don't get rid of all the soil and dirt on the surface, nothing else is going to stick to it. Uh, and so it probably you, builds up the water too. I never thought of that. You got to make so sure. So there you go. See, there's a maintenance thing, preventative maintenance. Sure, absolutely. Right? Like looking after your car and making sure the oil, uh, you know, exchanges are done when they're supposed to be done and not letting it go too long. Um, your home is everything. Another, another th- thing with maintenance I want to mention is irrigation. Now, we live in the desert. Water is, a, you know, a very mm-hmm. precious commodity around here. Um, a lot of people will water... Uh, in in the daytime, you know, from eight eight a.m. on up, not a good thing to do because most of it evaporates. Um, usually on a drip system per se, I, I tell people to start start their drip systems their their first stage at like three thirty in the morning. So let's let's say you run mm. yeah let's say you have four stages. So one will start at three thirty. It runs for twenty minutes. Then mm-hmm. next one will come into place after that, and they'll they'll follow suit for each 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 of them running for twenty minutes. Okay, but that gives it time what to absorb. Exactly, it won't evaporate. So, with, with the drip system, by the time that fourth that fourth station is ran, sun hasn't come up yet. All right. the watering's done. Okay. It's soaked into the ground and has not evaporated. So you're 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 saving probably, I would say at least fifty percent of your water. Well, it's also off peak, isn't it? Absolutely, absolutely. So that's another good thing to do. Sure. It. So there you go. So you recommend three in the morning. Through till what five six? Yeah, it's easy. People get up five thirty and start showering and getting ready for school. Okay, and work so and three stuff. till five, maybe every twenty minutes. Nothing all night. No. Nothing during the day, obviously. Well, if you try to avoid daytime, especially in the summertime, because obviously it's just most of it's going to evaporate right on up. Just right up. just evaporates. Exactly. Unbelievable. What about winter though? Here. Excuse me? What about winter, when it's winter? Winter, that's another key thing. Believe it or not, we do get pretty cold in, in this state, and we have a lot of pipe freeze-up problems. Yeah, that I do know. Okay, so mm-hmm. I want to make sure your, your pipes are well-wrapped. Anything exposed, anything up on the roof, anything coming up out of the ground, your main water sh- shut off to your home, make mm-hmm. sure they're all wrapped properly right. with insulation. And they sell that stuff at the hardware stores for different, different size, uh, three-eighths, uh, half-inch, three-quarter-inch, and on up. And you take it, you split in the middle, you wrap it around your pipes, and you wrap it with duct tape. Well, you know, mate, I mean, when you look at it, uh, your home, the value of your home, it's likely to be a person uh, is their biggest asset, isn't it? Biggest investment. Absolutely. On the majority, absolutely, you could say that 
across the board to any individual that that by far is their biggest investment so there's all of that we've covered home repairs renovation projects and preventive maintenance we're speaking with ron p of ron p enterprises and um he's local 20 odd years uh no job is too big and no job is too small what do we call a small job um small job perfect example went over uh couple mornings ago to one of my favorite clients and her porch light wasn't working properly. Mm-hmm. So I said, give me another bulb. It was <laughs> the same type of bulb that was in there. Right. Long story short, the particular type of bulb she, she bought, they were, a, she got a bad batch. It was just the bulbs. Oh, okay. And she was going in and out and trying, and was telling her this, that, and the other. So I pulled it apart, saw there were good connections and said, you got any different type of bulbs? Grab different type of bulbs. Boom, 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 every time. It was the bulbs. Yeah, you got to <laughs> Well, she must be very pleased to have someone like you come over and do that for her too. Um, you know, there's a lot of older people living sure. on their own and uh, uh, they can count on their uh, Mr. Handyman to be able to do the right thing no matter how small. What about a big job? Um, well, I'll give you an example. We had this, this one fella where he had his three pillars in the back of his home were his whole porch was starting to sag. Mm-hmm. And these pillars were like, they were made out of solid tree trunks. Right. And they had degraded and uh, had decayed. And they had boxes around the bottom of them. And basically right. what happened right. is wood rot. And they started, they started, they wouldn't support, they wouldn't support the building. So we had to come in, mm-hmm. take the old ones out, prop, prop, prop the second floor up. Wow. Come in, put in, put in new posts. We, we use the exact same thing. A friend of mine uh, owns a, a sawmill up in Springerville, so, <laughs> so we took a drive up there and got some real nice stuff, came back and uh, put it all back together and turned out beautiful. So what are you saying, that, the, that, that these poles that were originally there, right, they were standing on nothing? What happened was they, they built these boxes around the base of them, about three foot up off the ground, and what... I'm assuming it looked like what was happening is all the water would, would congregate in these boxes and, and would rot these posts out. So it was just a matter of time before these things just fell Oh, apart. so what is a good little clue there to offer somebody as a bit of advice? Um, don't wrap your, your columns in anything. Don't, don't, if you're going to do something like that, make sure it's like brick or something masonry. All right. You don't, okay. don't want to do it in wood. Right. Wood or any type of wood product at all because rain just get down yeah, right just, it'll just so do you, so what do you silicon it do you do you put stuff around it to, well, to try and what we did with with this particular client I'm, I'm talking about we, we use ledgers and ledgers are those fake looking bricks you know you see you, you see the, the oh the I know what you mean yeah. yeah those are called ledgers they look nice they, yeah they come in all different yeah. colors and shapes and, and we, we put ledgers up about oh two or three feet it turned out real nice, and uh, mm-hmm. my understanding, they haven't had any problems. Very good. There you go. So that's a bigger job. Now, you offer a personalized service uh, that is cheaper than most of your competitors' rates um, at the time, um, delivering first-class workmanship. We've touched on how you can afford to do that and why. You have to earn a lasting trust, I would imagine, Absolutely. in your industry, Ron. That's what it's all about. Uh, do people what's, – what's their biggest fear? When they, when they first call you and they need something done, um, what sort of questions do you get? Um, I think most people's primary concern are, are their, their personal safety. I mean, of course, not 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 knowing of somebody or, or, or knowing who you're dealing with. I mean, anytime mm-hmm. you meet somebody new, whether it be a technician or a service person or right. 
Um, you know, you're always kind of leery. You have someone in your home that you don't know. Um, mm-hmm. It's first time. Absolutely. Yeah. I try to make make sure that uh, my clients, when I first meet them, I, I call and talk to them first and introduce myself and uh, reassure them that we're a very professional company and, and my guys are totally legit and there's never have any worries. And uh, uh, the guys I've got, I've, I've got with me now have been there from the beginning and I'm very proud of them. They do a nice job and uh, very trustworthy. It's, it's all about integrity. It's all about honesty. You know, it, mm-hmm. you, you, well, be- how do you get on now, though, with the pandemic? I mean, how do you protect yourself and the people you're working for? Like I said, it's 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 mandatory. Uh, any of my guys, they have to wear a mask and they do. Mm-hmm. I mean, anytime we come in. Anytime, so mask is number one automatically. Absolutely. Right. Depending, what else? Depending on the application, we also wear gloves. Mm. Okay. okay. Each one of my guys have a has a has a box of, of rubber gloves in their in their vehicle, which mm-hmm. I supply, and masks. Mm-hmm. So they're they're never without. All right, and and you don't really, or they don't really have to get right up against a, a customer, exactly. do they? Very rarely. We, we we keep our distance, anyways. J- okay. Prior to this pandemic. That's good. No one likes being you know someone breathing over their neck. <laughs> well, you like to build a lasting relationship. That's important. Um, you guarantee your satisfaction. How do you do that? by making sure that uh, the job is done properly. I personally inspect each and every job mm-hmm. when it's the finished product. I make sure my clients are completely satisfied with the result. I insist that if there's a problem, that they, they there's, there, there's, there's no dumb questions. There's, there's no, nothing too nitpicky. If they're not 100% happy, I need to know. And uh, basically, it's, it's, it's done by quality control. Well, well, I guess the best way is to ask them, isn't That's it? Exactly. I, I, I call them up. I, I drop by. I, mm-hmm. I, you're talking that. Yeah, because you meet everybody because sure. you're always inspecting each job. I mean, so you're on top of it. The our business now is, is repeat business. And uh, so, right. We're well, that's pretty good. You don't get that unless people right. are happy with you. Yeah, let's absolutely. face it. Absolutely. You know, um, I mean, I'll own it, folks. The thing I'm happy about is that uh, when I've uh, hired Ron, uh, he's completed jobs uh, not only for thousands less, but still on time. That's an important thing to me reliability and no mess. Now, I bet you there's a lot of dudes out there that leave a lot of mess. Oh, my goodness, to say the least. <laughs> I, I, I do a lot of cleanup of other people's projects. Yeah, you do? Yes, I, quite, I, I, I deal with a couple of the temp services in town. When I say temp services, they're companies that supply contractors with, with right. work for a percentage of the job. Right. And, um, you know, they're very quality control. Uh, you've got to make sure that... Long story short, quite often I'll end up having to pick up the tail end of somebody's job that they didn't complete uh, for whatever reason, whether they're disgruntled clients. Well, but or, gee, that's like trying to go in and fix somebody's, you know, I, uh, building I, I or I do their, that all the time. Yeah. Right? I get thrown right in the middle of it. And you get paid for that? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Oh, no, well, fair enough then. And it doesn't so when you see him next down the pub or down the street or something like that, you say, <laughs> hey, you left a hell of a job there, Bill. The mess. <laughs> so we, we try to uh, make sure that uh, every job is done as though we were doing it for ourselves. Mm-hmm. Okay. That is the sincere truth. I can recommend you. That's well, and, and I mean that. Uh, Ron Petrie. Ron um, Petrie is uh, is a man of his word, and uh, his crew do do a good job. And and if there's a if there's a mess up, they'll come back and fix it. And they won't be charging you for it either, but they don't mess up too much. We, we guarantee our work very well. You've got to guarantee your work. It's very good. Well, Ron, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm very grateful of you being a sponsor of the uh, directory and helping with the, uh, with the uh, raising funds for the food bank for 
um, for Impact of Southern Arizona. So uh, we appreciate you taking some time out. You're a very busy man on this uh, thank you from Impact Show. And can people contact you? What's the best way for them to uh, hire your services? Um, just call my numbers. Real simple one. Three nines, three ones, and a three. Nine, 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 one, 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 three. How on earth did you get that number? I got to pick that one. (laughs) (laughs) Ron Petrie, ladies and gentlemen. His company actually is Ron Petrie and Associates, isn't it? it's Ron P. Enterprises. Ron P. Enterprise. I always get that mixed up. I don't know why. (laughs) The Petrie throws me out. Ron P. Enterprises. Enterprises. To look him up online that you can. Check him out. uh, But the phone number again. 520-999. One 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 three. Fantastic. Thanks, Ron. It's been an absolute pleasure, and thanks again. Likewise. Thank you. 